0: Hello, Hero. This is Control. Are you for hire tonight? Because you are listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. I'm one of your first hosts, Connor.
1: And I'm your second host, Ray. And uh, tonight we'll be looking at Lemire's Part 4 of 4 of Incarnations, Issue Number 8. We'll also be looking at Heroes for Hire, Volume 3, Issue 1, written by Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning. So, grab your issues, sit back, relax, and get your conchou on.
0: Well, welcome back, Ray. It's almost like we do this podcast every week. It's been, a, it's been a, it's another, it's been another week, all right, for Moon Knight. We're still in the big lead up to uh, our first issue out on the fifth of November. So it's kind of. Small goings till then, but we've still got quite a bit to talk about with those two issues coming up for reviews as well.
1: Yeah, it's it's been a um, it's been a pretty good week. Uh, it was uh, it was great to come off the uh, the previous episode that we um, we had our third host Rebecca on. Uh, it, was, it was very enjoyable. Um, but yeah, we're straight back into um, actually rounding off, uh, almost rounding off Lemire's uh, second arc of incarnations, uh, and looking at something slightly different. Um, Heroes for Hire. Uh, it was a bit of a random one that we decided to slot in there, but, um, yeah, that's proven to be quite enjoyable.
0: Yeah, I didn't even know it existed until Ray told me about it like two <laughs> weeks ago, so that was a good read. I hope uh, listeners at home read it as well so you can follow along to our discussions. If not, it's what we're here for as well.
1: Mm-hmm. The lowdown yeah,
0: and- on the <clears throat> move <mood> down.
1: <laughs> and, and it was quite good, actually. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to... Um, to getting into issues two, three onwards. Yeah, quite a it, it,
0: cliffhanger <clears throat> at the end.
1: Yeah, it piqued my interest. Um, uh, what What are you reading at the moment, Connor?
0: Well, i have actually been catching up on my pulls. I've got a I've got a mm-hmm. few. Uh, Valiant. I've got Marble. Bit of DC. Catch up. But there's also been some really good uh, graphic novels coming out. You've got a. Mm-hmm. Uh, Actually, Declan uh, Shelby's very uh, yes. art artist. His uh, original written graphic novel, Savage Town, came out last week. Do you want to catch uh-huh. up on? That's something big. What about you, Ray? What have you been reading?
1: Uh, yeah, I've been um, just reading a, a few recommendations that yourself and Rebecca have given me. So I'm still making my way. I'm actually I'm burning through Avengers Arena. I, I just oh, love yeah. that. Uh, I'm how uh, I, it's one of those. Titles that I never thought I would have read, but uh, I'm fully invested in it. It's really, really cool. I mean, even the characters are, uh, you know, they're not top-tier characters, but they're so interesting. Um, so that's another high recommend. Uh, I just finished um, Spencer and Locke, um, which yes. which is from uh, Action Lab Comics, and I would have to say, oh gosh... Um, it's up there with, yeah, it being one of the minis of the year. Uh, I, I really do love it. Uh, the premise, again, it's um, based around a uh, mentally unstable uh, protagonist, um, uh, Locke. So there's a bit of a running thing there. But, yeah, and no, just catching up with the pulls as well. Um, I've been reading a bit on uh, Savage Town. Uh, he's been featured, uh, Declan Shelby, in... Um, a, a digital magazine that you guys have put me on as well, or Rebecca as well, more, more more so, um, panel by panel. Um, have, have you subscribed to that as well, Connor?
0: Yep, I finally got around to doing
1: that. <laughs> it's it's really good, isn't it? I um unfortunately though with Savage Town because I do want to read it. Um, they really get into a lot of spoiler territory, so I read the first article, um, which was uh, with Declan Shelby and. Um, uh, Jimmy Jimmy Barrett is it? Um, Barnett? Oh my gosh, I'm terrible with it. But the artist, <laughs> um, yeah, and that was really good. But then the the subsequent articles uh, really um went into the the story. So, um, I've had to set that aside. And um, yeah, I'm keen to pick up Savage Town. Uh, I hear it's pretty good. It, it did get a bit of a mixed review though, didn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, AV Club tour to a few surprises, had a rather negative review, but I think it's been pretty positive overall, overall. but I suppose we mm-hmm. can report back next week with our own views or in the future, depending on when we get around to it.
1: Yeah, and and, and definitely there's the, uh, the the alumni of uh, Declan Shelby, uh, past Moon Knight artists, so it's always good to see what they do um, beyond Moon Knight. Um, I was listening to Word Balloon um, with the interview with Declan Shelby. Oh, nice. um, yeah and uh they did he did mention um Moon Knight uh uh so basically in that um that anthology series Choosing Sides during Civil War 2 he wrote uh, uh like an ongoing um story uh, about Nick Fury and uh he Declan Shelby mentioned that uh he actually he did include or use Moon Knight um, in that series. I don't know if you remember, Connor, but Nick Fury uh, kind of disguises himself as, as Moon Knight, Ooh. and you see you see the three versions, I think, of Moon Knight um, as he kind of fights his way up to the top of the roof. Um, but Declan Shelby did say, he did realistically say, look, um, I don't know if I ever actually will be on Moon Knight again, mm. but he wanted to kind of... Um, Give a nod to the fans, saying, "Look, you know, I may not be on Moon Knight ever, but I'm going to use him in this this short story." So I thought I thought that was pretty good of Declan Shelby to do that.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, speaking of um, going back to Moon, I actually picked up a lot of uh, Doug Munch's Batman to read, the oh. run with um, Kelly Jones. I didn't realize mm-hmm. he had such a massive tenure. I think it was nearly hundred issues worth of yeah Batman.
1: Yeah, no. See how that have, goes? See the comparisons? Have, have you read much of it yet, or...? No, no, I only just, uh, no just bought it, so... Ah, okay. Yeah, that, that'll be very interesting. I mean, as we mentioned last episode as well, um, uh, Munch's style of, um, of writing Moon Knight in that issue that we covered, uh, issue 14, with, with Stained Glass Scarlet, it seems to um, predict or... Um, you know, predict a lot of how he would write Batman later on. So, you'd be very interested to see what you think of, of, of the issues that you picked up.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think... I'm not actually sure. I'll have to look it up whether he wrote Batman or Moon Knight first.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, true. I mean, I, I'm assuming... I don't know. Just, I I'm it was, assuming I it was Moon Knight. He, was it Moon Knight first? Yeah, well, early 80s. I, I don't know. The the comics that you got there now, What which era are they from?
0: Um, That, uh, the... Uh, Munch uh, uh, Kelly Run is started nineteen ninety two and ran for about
1: forty oh. issues. So yeah. Okay, that's much later. Yeah, because Munch, we, we know, I guess the earliest he would have been on Moonlight would have been early 80, 80 like nineteen eighty, right? Oh yeah, true. So wow. um, unless he did Batman before, then I'm not too sure. Um, yeah, he may have cut his teeth into writing a bit of Moonlight, similar to kind of I think how um, Frank Miller kind of wrote Daredevil and you get that kind of uh seminal period from Miller defining Daredevil as a very street thug. He actually brought a lot of that across to Batman as well. So I think you can you can see Daredevil and Moon Knight as actually being influences on how they define Batman as the Dark Knight. look I do not I d I don't I don't follow Batman, I don't know too much about him, but that's that's my impression.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually I mean I think it all goes, but yeah, you know, we kinda Moon Night Moon nine, came first. We'll we'll have that up our sleeve for now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Right. So why don't we get a uh, cracking on to some news? Once again, a bit mm-hmm. of a bit of a light week, but we do have a a bit of a cheeky Beamus talk and then a cover reveal. So first mm-hmm. up was a interview with old
1: press. Was that yep. was it their interview or just sort of um, on th- the side? <laughs> I think it was. I think it was might be actually theirs, yeah. Yeah, it pressed, was. Old Press TV. So, yeah, that was definitely from them.
0: Um, yeah, in it, he was talking about, it's mostly about um, his band Say Anything, but he was mm-hmm. uh, talking about writing Moon Knight and that um, he says, Moon Knight, which is one of my favourite characters that I'm getting to write, but I'm sure I'll put out some original ones that ca- that I come up with. I'm having a lot of fun working with Marvel. We've got a sort of a... yeah. Uh, what was it? A headline saying he was it, it was confirmed he was writing another title or something. But
1: yeah. yeah, it was another one of those instances of something kind of blown out of proportion. I think I I, uh, I did a scan for for Moonlight News and that's what what I pulled it up on. And then I listened to it's about a six and a half um, minute interview. Uh, it's, it's Max Bemis at Riot Fest. Um, um, wherever that is, it's a music festival and yeah, 99% of it was just about the music and and then there was just a throwaway comment so he's definitely, um, you know, he he admits himself as a fan of Moon Knight so that's good, but it really didn't give us much <laughs> other than him name-dropping Moon Knight, I think uh, and, and he did mention, oh yeah, I, I, I may be uh, working on other titles you know, with original characters later on but at the moment, he's happy working um, on Moon Knight so... Uh again we can spect or late but I, I don't know whether that's you know, if there's something behind that or it's just a, a throwaway. We'll have to see.
0: Also, um congratulations to Max Bemis and his wife. They're having a yes. uh new baby in April. I think that's yeah. yeah. A boy.
1: Yeah yeah I, I um I saw that actually I follow him on Twitter and uh, I saw a whole string of tweets. And, uh, <laughs> I was like, What's all this and uh you, you kind of track it back and yeah, so expecting number three, which is uh is pretty cool that will keep him busy as well as right <laughs> night I guess
0: <laughs> and a, and uh producing music. I'm
1: not sure it's kind
0: of a with how much he's doing actually yeah, far out
1: I wonder if he gets any sleep yeah because I think they're releasing uh, a new album soon, so they must yeah. have been in the studios you know working away at it.
0: Yeah, uh, just another bit on Beamus, actually. If anyone's been following his centipede run, that final issue as a mini oh. comes out uh, sometime next month in October.
1: Ah, have you read that, or is that any good? No, I'll pick it up a trade. I think it's a four issue yep. mini, so I think nice compact uh, trade. Yeah, yeah, nice. Fo- yeah, four, four issue trades are uh, or four issue arcs are, um, that can be really hard to do. I think um we we spoke before Connor about you know Valiant's like Rapture um it, it was a really good uh you know it it came out of the blocks you know um but it kind of ended a bit weird cuz I think it needed a few more issues mm. um whereas uh you know you heard me fawning over Spencer and Locke <laughs> a couple of nights ago uh as a four as a four-parter um it was just tight um and even reading it um, you know with with significant time in between these issues uh it, it was you didn't you never felt lost um so uh yeah four issues arcs can be can be a tricky thing to navigate through Hmm. hmm. well actually, um oh, sorry ahead. oh no i was about to go to the next point but sorry do you have something no
0: i was gonna go as well but i couldn't think of a good segue so i hope you've got one <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, speaking of. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know. No segue there. A uh, second one, a uh, second bit of news, which is, is, I think, one of the most exciting bits of news that we had this week, was um, off the back of the December solicitations, which we kind of alluded to last episode. Uh, we got an official reveal of Moon Knight issue 190, the cover art.
0: Yeah, featured uh, a Moon Knight being mm-hmm. on top of a top of a building skyscraper as a as a sun the sun god horus is bearing down on him with fiery swords they're not yeah. using his truncheons to protect himself.
1: yeah and what are your first impressions of this uh image connor i think it really makes the
0: um the sun king quite fearsome you know he's like this angry looking kind of bearded old man but you know the way we position the cover we've got Moon Knight down the bottom so obviously he's he's not in the position of power in this fight he's he's down on his luck here so (laughs) I think we set up for a pretty threatening villain.
1: Yeah and as one of the loonies I think uh, I think it was Tommy was mentioning he got Moon Knight there with his truncheons trying to um, defend himself against what looks like a a sword made out of fire um you've got the sun god with fire coming out of his eyes and his hands, so <laughs> he's de- he's definitely got a lot of work cut out for him. I thought the um I thought the look of the sun king uh was was surprising right I was, yeah wasn't, i wasn't expecting it to be so kind of um grounded and down to earth he he's just he's in very plain clothes um it looks like uh just some jeans a gray shirt. He's got a, a jacket on, um, which kind of looks hooded, um, and you know he's got longish hair and a beard. He, he doesn't really come across as a supervillain. Hmm. Um. I kind of actually went
0: back, uh, just looking through interviews with Beamus over what's, you know, just sort of catching up on what we can sort of spectre late about um mm-hmm. this series coming up. Um, and I like he was talking a lot about how the villain in the story. Well, at least in this first arc, which may only mm-hmm. be four issues by the look of it, like this this third issue might even be the final of this first arc, or oh. the fourth might even be. So that could yeah, be a nice segue. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah and he it, it, it was talking about you know the this sort of dynamic and sort of thematic battle going on with this physical battle is that Moon Knight's sort of creativity and insanity and almost anarchy and this this villain. All the villains will be sort of very sterile, trying to clean what what he's talked about seeing in the world, uniformity. I think this costume sort of reflects that. You know, it's this real washed out almost hospital robe looking colours. Very plain, very basic outside of a scraggly beard and semi-long hair.
1: And wasn't it? Um, again, I may be uh getting them mixed up. So we got the Sun King right, and we have the Truth, which is another person altogether. Is that right? That yeah, this uh this issue this solicitation actually
0: made me pick up on that because we were talking yeah. uh our group uh into the night Moon Knight fan base on Facebook. Um, and you know I'd sort of always read from the solicitations that the Truth was almost connected, like a like sort of a herald of the Sun King, but it really seems ah, yes. like it's not that, it's the Sun King's this other villain, like the main villain, and the um, the truth almost just running around doing his own thing. And then I yeah. read through the, uh, the Moon Knight Changing Tides, the Marvel interview with Demus, and he was mm-hmm. talking about how Moon Knight would be facing a gauntlet, and that he almost he implied also that there was a puppet master bringing all these villains together on Moon Knight,
1: Ah. Which is possibly
0: where we'd see the other, so it's almost like you know this first duck is about the the sun king, but the truth's always also doing his other thing, which we'll see later, and then we'll see other villains show up all sitting yes. on Moon Knight like a gauntlet.
1: Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, because the thing that just I I kept on thinking about, like when seeing this image, is that you know it looks awesome, right? You got you got the moon versus the sun kind of thing, um, but um, there was that thing that we spoke about early on of the truth. um... Uh, making his victims kill themselves. And, and it sounded like a lot more, um, like mind control and a lot more, you know, um, uh, mental rather than, mm. uh, this flash of brilliance of flames and, and, uh, I think I mentioned a few episodes ago, like, is the sun king, king gonna be like the human torch, you know, literally just <laughs> the sun? But yeah, it seems that they might be, um, yeah, two separate things. Mm. Um, the loonies also mentioned that, um, the Sun King to the truth could be like the Conchu to Moon Knight as well. It could be the um uh, so the truth could be the avatar of uh, mm. of the Sun King uh, in some in some way. Uh, but yeah, there's a it's a great it's a great um it's a great uh, cover uh, for 190 as well. The the sky is kind of like a blood red as well. They're definitely on the rooftop. Um, but yeah, Moon Knight is. Uh, He's got a lot of work to do on it. Yeah. In it. So, uh, yeah, no, it looks, uh, looks pretty good.
0: Yeah, and also sort of this and the other previews getting sort of really confirmed in my mind that, you know, Burroughs will be a really good artist for this title. Yeah. It's really oh. coming across there.
1: Yeah, having seen this and the cover to uh, 188 and the um, uh, variant cover as well, uh, I've got. Total faith mm. in Burrows now. I, I just can't wait, and and I'm quite excited for Bemis, as I mentioned before. So, um, I think we're in for a treat come November. Definitely, it's really
0: only six weeks, I think, till it comes out.
1: Mm. I know, and we will be so. Um, oh, that that news about the Punisher as well, Connor. The uh, the release date seemed to has seemed to have been leaked.
0: Yeah, October thirteenth.
1: Mm, so we'll be busy with Thor and Punisher, <laughs> and before we know it, we'll have Moon Knight. And um, uh, just to assuage um, one of our loonies as well, don't worry, we will definitely be covering each and every new issue of Moon Knight um, as it comes to hand, uh, uh, much as we are doing so with Lemire right now. So uh, yeah, no, we're both looking forward to it.
0: Absolutely. Cannot wait. Um... <laughs> um uh, just sort of as another piece of news, last uh, last new comic book day, um, September September 20th, we had the release of the third and final volume of um, Lemire's Moon Knight, so that's now mm-hmm. collected in three trades. Anyone trade waiting that? You can yes. pick it up now. We're about to go into that run, and what's it?
1: not next week, the
0: week after we start that arc, so all oh, ready to follow sp- along.
1: Yeah, yeah per- perfect timing. Yeah. <laughs> well, was there some talk as well of there being a hardcover? For Lem- or was that someone's wish list?
0: Uh, no, that'll be the 12-issue um, uh, hardcover um, complete run of Bendis.
1: Oh, Bendis. Oh, okay, not Lemire. Okay. No,
0: right. Sadly not. Oh, okay,
1: no. Well, yeah, I'd, you know, I'd still kind of get the Bendis one. Maybe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Eventually try to own them all, I suppose.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so that would be exciting. Um, birth and Death, um, have you... Uh, have you got the other trades? I haven't got the other trades yet myself um, of of Lemire's uh, Volume One and Volume Two, but I'm certainly wanting to um, to get it. Have you got Have you got them? Or you, yep, you're, you're just in digital, up. are you? you? Uh, yeah, I've got the
0: trades coming in, but yeah, just Reading digital for now, but yeah, it's good. Lovely. Oh, We've got some reviews up by um, Aipt.com, uh, comic book review site. They gave it a positive review. It's real good. Ah, oh, great cool.
1: Uh, I mean yeah, I mean for yeah, sure. yeah. it's it's uh, uh there'd be no extra material in there I imagine. I think it's just a straight issues, right? Yeah, they usually include like the variant covers in the back and a mm-hmm. yeah. couple of extras. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay, well, um, pick pick them up, loonies, if you haven't already, or pick them up if you if you have them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, um, try all the different formats. They're they're really good. Uh, So definitely worth reading, and exactly as Connor said, um, timely because we'll be jumping straight into it in a couple of weeks um, with uh, issue ten, which is part one of the of the third arc, Um, birth and death, I guess it is called. Um, All right, Connor, we also have. um, we also have something here, uh, we're kind of shooting our thoughts across the uh, the other void here, um, into another <laughs> universe, so um, we've been speaking to another podcast, um, uh, the host David there from Signal of Doom, uh, and they've been discussing, basically they've just been discussing um, the lead up to Legacy, and what are your thoughts on Marvel, um, the current condition of, of the industry and the titles, um, I guess thoughts on legacy as well. So, so we'd like to throw a hat in the ring as well. And um, so, a big, a big shout out to to David and Stu on Signal of Doom. Um, and our thoughts on on um, on that would be, um, <laughs> uh, would, would you like to kick it off, Connor? Or? Well, I mean, I think, I think all comic
0: book companies have their own problems and different ups and downs, and you know. There's always probably something going on up upper management. But in truth, I love Marvel at the moment. i got to admit, I think they're taking up... You know, they have a pretty... Admittedly, a pretty massive pull list. i got to cut down at like 20, 30 titles, you know. It's yeah. killing my wall at the moment. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think, you know, 9 or 10, you know, one-third of my pull list is Marvel. I'm really loving mm-hmm. the Inhumans comics to the best they've ever been. you got Black oh, Bolt, Royals yeah. by Al Ewing. Um, once in future king by Priest. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you know, I'm loving uh, the new Hawkeye series by Kelly Thompson. Hmm. Um, Spider Man. I think had an, uh, just an amazing issue with Greg Smallwood. Actually, a one shot yep. about Norman Osborn.
1: Uh, can I can I just cut in there as well, just for the Spider Man, because uh, I know that you you don't necessarily collect Amazing Spider Man. Is that right, Connor?
0: No, that was the first issue I clicked up. Picked up. Okay. Because Smallwood.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about Dan Slot being, um, <clears throat> being there for too long and, and to an extent, um, and for a while, I was thinking the same thing as well. Like, he, he's been there for yonks, right? He's been the longest running mm. Spider-Man writer. Um, I reckon, and, and, you know, draw a line in the sand, I think, after the clone conspiracy, I think um, Amazing Spider-Man has really picked up again. I- I'm just happy where it's um, where it's heading towards. Um, uh, previously, he was kind of like a pseudo-Tony Stark, and, and I guess Dan Slott got a lot of flack for that. I mean, he gets a lot of flack for everything, because um, he really does... Um, twist and pull the character. Uh-huh. I mean, like, he-, he killed Spider-Man, right? Um, and he got death threats mm. from people back in the day. But look, we're here now and Spider-Man's back and everything's back to normal. So, um, it's just a way of, of keeping something different and keeping something fresh. And whether you like it or not, um, you, you know he'll have some bad patches, uh, and he, and to me he certainly did um, when he was doing the whole park Industries. But but I think he's really turning the corner now, and we all know that Slot can write. I mean, Silver Surfer, um, one of the one of the best titles I think out there at the moment as well. So yeah, that's all I wanted to say about um, about Amazing Spider Man. But um, yeah, yeah, I like to see the positives in Dan Slot.
0: Yeah, and I think that's sort of been my whole relation with Marvel. You know. Maybe they have a, their ups and downs, but you know, as we're moving to legacy, I think this is going to be a real high point for the company. I think I'm wanting to pick mm-hmm. up even more titles. you jumping, yeah. you know, catch with the new entry points with like basically a new number one, but it's issue yeah. twenty five or whatever of like Miss Marvel jumping back in on series I missed, or mm-hmm. just series I love continuing like Iron Fist and um yeah, um, oh, yeah, Punisher, Doctor Strange, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm 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 with you. Like Iron Fist, I think by Ed Brisson has been really good. Um, I've really enjoyed it, um, and that's kind of carrying on from uh, Carrie Andrews as well. So Iron Fist has been pretty um, pretty solid. Uh, if you look at it, um, so it depends on what you like, I guess. In in Marvel, like, um, there's been a lot of criticism with the Avengers, say, um, losing a bit of its uh, its steam. Uh, which, look, you know, I would I would agree to an extent because I used to collect the Avengers, um, and I had to drop it because you know one too many titles, but um, uh, it, it just had to go. I just had to to let that one go to to be able to collect other things. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it, it depends. I mean, as you say, Marvel release a whole heap out there. Um, and, you know, there are hit and miss things, uh, but it really depends on what you like as well. Uh, there was a thing on, on social media about, um, about Squirrel Girl. Um, a lot of people, um, you know, giving their views about, you know, whether they, not they hate it or they like it. I mean, everyone's different. Yeah. <laughs> so th- for, for every ten people that hate it, there's, there's another ten people that love it, you know, and, and that's totally, that's totally fine from both sides, you know. Mm. Um, We have this beauty of choice. We're spoiled for choice. If you don't like it, just drop it uh, and find something else. There's so much out there. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I I think that's my take on it. And Legacy, I'm looking forward to as well. Um, Yeah, like, even Punisher um, donning the war machine armour, that sounds cool, you know. It's not going to be permanent, but, you know, it's going to be a Mm. fun ride while it's there. So, yeah, um, yeah, basically... Doctor Strange as well, I, I like uh, Jason Aaron was, it was great in it, um, I don't mind Dennis Hopeless, I think he's a great writer as well, yeah. so, uh, yeah, think plenty of his. positives. Yeah,
0: yeah, Yeah. you know, where we sit, you know, we're pretty positive pals about Marvel. Obviously, yeah. you
1: know, you know, it would be,
0: it would be amiss to say that, you know, there hasn't been problems with something yeah, of in the past few yeah. years. But, yeah. yeah, no, I really feel like, for me personally, as my taste and my kind of, as being a part of my specific part of a readership, you know, Marvel's Marble's on the good track. You know, I'm mm. loving Legacy and I'm, you know, Marvel's yeah. Moon Knight.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and no one's like, you know, putting a gun to your head to say that you've got to buy this title. I mean, again, like, as I said before, you've got a choice. Um, I like living in my own little world with, the, <laughs> you know, Moon Knight and the street-level characters. I find them good. Um, I tend to lean towards um, titles that uh, are quite separate from, from the rest of the the bigger universe mm-hmm. only cuz it just i think it gives them a lot more freedom like um black widow um that run with mark wade and chris Somney i thought was really good it had nothing to do with civil war 2 um i think which was the event that happened around then yeah uh yeah so yeah. um yeah th- those are our, those are our thoughts um that one of the main thoughts Though i guess that um david who's a, a huge punisher f- um fan um connor what are your thoughts on the material that we've got from the Punisher, the trailer, um, you know, the the TV spots. What do you What do you reckon?
0: Ooh, I'm loving it. Uh, I think a uh, new trailer dropped a couple of days ago. Not very good, i sign mm. picked up over the last few episodes, but <laughs> uh, the uh, new trailer was was really good. I think I'm really liking what they're doing with this big evil military corporation. They're fighting the mm. corruption for the good citizens of the street. Looks yeah. pretty intense.
1: I mean, that's what you want with It Does look tense. It's yeah. good. And and um, just actually again tying it into um, the other universe of Signal and Signal of Doom and their comments. Um, David mentioned uh, in his uh, and Stu in their previous episode about uh, some comments from Chuck Dixon. And it'd be interesting to get your thoughts, Connor. I'm not sure if you managed to listen to the episode, but um, they were saying. Um, Uh, the the focus has been put on the Punisher now fighting like a faceless, you know, kind of government or covert uh, organisation, which um, has kind of made it more acceptable because he's not targeting, say, minority groups in uh, in crime. Um, What are your thoughts on on that kind of view of how they're... what, What seems to be... How they're working the Punisher? I'm sure he's going to be fighting some street crime as well. But what are your thoughts on them taking that kind of angle?
0: Uh, I, I don't really think it's faceless. I, I think it's mm-hmm. I, I, like I really like this idea. I think, yeah, you know, I don't think it will be faceless. I, well, I think we see in the trailer. Oh, yeah. I mean, the character's already been confirmed, but I can't remember their name. But we've already got a big bad. We've already got mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the we we. Are, and I suppose the reason why it is a military corporation is his. Sort of new backstory with the Netflix show is basically yeah. all the people, all the Marines he worked with back in the day. You know, yeah. sort of a covert team he was on has gone rogue now in the future, mm-hmm. and that's sort of where up to now, and yeah. and that that'll be how we jump from the past to present. I think that's just how they wanted to explore the origins. Almost like, it's almost like a, almost like a video game. You know, you have your yeah, little yeah. mini bosses of his, um, <laughs> yeah. the marine. Friends turn evil doers, and then the big guys up top. but yes, I don't. I don't think I got, I got a lot of faith with this storyline.
1: I think, yeah. Oh no, yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. I guess I was trying to lead the witness a little there, Connor. I was t- trying to head you towards. Um, apparently, um, they they wanted to steer away from the undertones of there being some sort of racial or, or um, discrimination of of having like criminal groups portrayed. Uh, you know, different races, whether Latino or um, African-American or, um, you know, I don't know, Hispanic or, or Mexican. Um, for me, I mean, those comments, I thought, oh, I don't really see it as well. Um, mm-hmm. Only because uh, I, can, I can only just think of, um, you know, Daredevil. Um, they, if you look at Kingpin with Nobu and Madame Gao and the Russians, they're all different races. Um, I never really gave him a second thought. About you know, I'm I'm not looking at going. Ah, oh, you know that's racist that they're um, that they're uh, generalising. You know the yakuza, you know, or, or whatever, or, or you know the Italian mm. mafia or the Irish. Yeah, I, I don't, I can't see that being that big an issue. Maybe I'm I'm very blinkered in it, um, but. Uh, I don't see how that being part of um, why they chose to have the Punisher go up against uh, the rogue military, and exactly as you say, it's because I think it ties into to how they've established him already in on Netflix being a, a military background, and uh, and to segue into possibly um, including a one Mark Spectre.
0: Yes, that's what we're <laughs> so, really hoping for out of everything uh, here.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm kind of that's what I'm kind of you know waiting for. So yeah, I um, mean. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, we are speaking from a position of privilege, you know, we are the white yep. white people of the world looking at this, but I think, you know, I, th- I think we've done, I think the whole crime genre has done really well over the mm-hmm. years, I mean, ever since sort of The Wire hit the streets, yeah. you know, we've sort of saw the whole sort of crime genre, which Punisher fits into, changing yeah. the way we look at minorities and crime, and yeah, I don't think, I don't think the people at Netflix studios, which I think, you know, we've seen have been, Pretty cool with political identity and shows like Luke Cage, you know, we are mm-hmm. we are sort of seeing that their writing team there are very sort of inclusive and open with everything. And I don't think yeah, that's mm. really a concern.
1: Mm. Yeah. But um yeah, no, it was a great discussion on the signal. Yeah, no. um, and definitely and, check uh, out
0: that episode. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Of- yeah, a, a shout out to the um to the show. So um for anyone for wanting a more overarching view of comics in general, um yeah check out Signal of Doom. It's a it's a pretty fun podcast. We uh we are more focused on uh, on Moon Knight, and we have kind of veered away from it a little. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, but uh, look, we're just excited about the Punisher and um and what he might bring. So remember the uh that um Marvel. Employee said that you know another Marvel character will appear Ooh, in the yes. Punisher, so we still don't know who. Um, yeah, quite exciting.
0: Yeah, if that yeah. drops October 13, please be on the lookout for any cabs and yeah, yeah, uh, mustache <laughs> I, I, wearing.
1: <laughs> well, I had a little, um, a little, a little fantasy of that. There's that little bit in the trailer. Uh, I'm sure it's Frank, but you know, there's that guy strung up, um, and they're beating up on him, um. I, I, I really double so I was kind of like looking, saying, is that Frank, or if it isn't Frank, could that be Mark? <laughs> like, um, yeah, you just don't know.
0: He better be there, though. I mean, yeah. if he isn't, I suppose, no hard feelings, Marvel, Netflix. But please, for <laughs> yes, us, we're here, exactly. we're, here to, we're here to love the Moon Knight. That's it. And speaking of loving the Moon Knight... I'm not good with segues today, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, we are going to be jumping into our issues this week. And uh, sort of going back from, you know, someone has joined us last week or maybe even from the first episode, jumping to the latest episode. As I know some mm-hmm. of our loony listeners have been doing at the moment. Um, nice. How we run our reviews down this show. Which, well, I don't know. What we're we doing. <laughs> we'll be introducing our um, issue. We'll be doing something called our bare bones where we sort of recap the issue for you whether you, know, you haven't read the issue, mm-hmm. touch up on what happened in the issue. And then we have four main aspects where, like the four main aspects of country, we're talking about our four favorite or biggest discussion points from mm. uh, from the issue, a nice little discussion over. And then uh, we give our Crescent Dart rating out of five Crescent Darts, which we have known to break the mold with, but <laughs> that's what they're there for.
1: Exactly. Oh, sometimes it's just uh, so hard to choose between the issues, right? So, <laughs> you have to. <laughs> um, well, ha- how about, Connor, um, how about you kick off with, uh, with Lumiere's stuff? Moon Knight, Volume 8, Issue 8, Incarnations,
0: Part 3 or 4. We're nearly at the end of this uh, amazing arc. Released yeah. on the 2nd of November, 2016. This was written by Jeff Lemire, drawn by Wilfredo Torres, Francesco Francovia, James Stokoe, Greg Smallwood, uh, Pencils, Oh, they're pencilers. Yep. Um, with colors by uh, Belair, Stoko, Frankalia, and Michael, uh, Michael Garland. Michael Garland working with, with Fredo Torres, mm-hmm. Jordi Belair on the Greg Sword, and Francesco Francovia and James Stoko coloring their own art. it mm-hmm. uh, by Corey Petit. I'm an issue to do this one. And uh, <laughs> covered by Greg Smallwood. So jumping back from just two artists last week to the full cabaret. Yeah. And uh, for our bare bones, Jake Lockley finds himself arrested, arrested and questioned over the murders of, at Gina's diner. The Familiar faces of Billy and Bobby, who in this reality are police officers, try and get a confession out of Jake, but are inter- interrupted by Detective Emmett. She questions Jake over his illness and the costume she finds in the back of his cab. Then, without warning, reality shifts. Shift once again, and it appears as if they are part of a Stephen Grant film. Stephen has taken her back. As his consciousness seems to be one, and the same with Jake, and once again realities shift. With Steven's conscious now back in Jake, with the interrogation room appearing all too real. Utterly confused, Jake fights his way out and escapes, donning the Moon Knight costume. Moon Knight confronts Crawley, who again knows more than meets the eye, and disappointed, in Moon Knight, not knowing what is happening, leads him toward the real killer and suspects murder in his diner. None other than Midnight Man. Again, as Moon Knight confronts the Midnight Man. They appear to be only a part of Stephen Grant's movie, but again, Stephen Grant is affected by an apparent shift in reality. Spontaneously, Grant seems to bleed at the neck and rushes out of the studio, only to find himself on the moon base amidst the frantic battle between humans and space wolves. Grant sees himself as Mark Spector, fighting off General Lupinar and his hordes, and in an act of defiance, both Grant and Spector lash out. Things become more chaotic as Grant runs through the realities of Jake Lockley and Mark Specter. They can only run towards the door screaming for help. As if by destiny, Jake Lockley and Mark Spector also struggle to escape their own battles, and each head towards a door, a door in search of Marlene. All three personalities of Grant, Lockley and Specter find themselves on the other side of the door in the same place. A New York overcome by Egyptian sand, and standing before them is yet another version of themselves. Mr. Knight, who appears to have some answers.
1: Boom. Yes. Always the
0: boom. Always the boom.
1: This is a... Oh, gosh, this was another... <laughs> action-packed and and like just looking back from previous issues we have so much more overlap happening happening here now not not just between um uh frank uh, not just between jake lockley and mark Spector, but we have stephen grant here in the mix so yeah this was a, a mammoth issue what, what were your initial thoughts
0: yeah this was a this was a big one i think this is sort of the Perfect culmination. one of our aspects, I'll get into is how they perfectly blend. But yeah, especially the last, what would it be, six pages of this issue?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, six pages. Absolutely intense. Just all these realities blending into one. It was totally action packed. Yeah, it
1: was. Yeah. It was real. It was really great. Um, and th- yeah, there was there was enough action in there. We actually got to see the Moon Knight costume as well. So we got everything. We got. We you know we got to see. Um, uh, a bit more yeah, a bit more of Stephen Grant. Uh not so much uh Marlene, but uh we got a bit of her a couple of issues ago anyway, so that was <laughs> that was good. Uh yeah, it was uh it was very good actually. Um let me just let me pull it up. Um, and even the, the uh the cover, I'm just looking at it there. You have the cover of um Jake Lockley with his dodgy mo walking yeah. past, uh, walking past one of uh, Stephen Grant's um, movie uh, posters of none other than Moon Knight. So, um, definitely, it's it kind of summed it up a little, didn't it? It's um, w- what What's is the reality? <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, uh, where do we start, Connor?
0: <laughs> I suppose we better dive into our first aspect then. Which. Yep. Well, like the two issues before, the first issue of this arc with Torres and the second with Stokoe, this is mm-hmm. really Frank of Ears' issue, he takes up the bulk of it, 60-70% you know, mm-hmm. of this issue is dedicated to his art, down the dirty streets, the cop precinct being interrogated before putting on the uh, putting on the suit and yes. finding Crawley and Midnight Man, this was all him. So what do you think of his art, Ray,
1: issue specifically? I think it's good. I think it was great. I, I'm looking at it. Um, the opening scenes with Jake Lockley in the interrogation room. I think with Frank Avia, one of his strengths is um, is obviously color, but obviously how he uses light, uh, and Beautiful. and and the use of color with the light. You know, um, so you have him with his. He basically uses a, a really um, limited. It uh, looks like a limited palette. He's got blues, yellows, and, and then he has like the pinks and the reds, right? Um and with uh with this interrogation room he uses it so well the the use of yellow against the blue um to have first mark under the kind of under the lamp, the pendant light. Uh but then you have this light from outside the interrogation room which comes across and um yeah, it was really good like when Emmett first comes in. Uh, you know, she's all black because the lights behind her, uh and you see Billy or Bobby having a look at her. But yeah, uh, really, really good. And um, comments from uh, the previous issue about—I um, think I mentioned before—how um, adjacent to um, Stocco's art, I thought Francesca Fra- uh, Francovia's work uh, kind of lost out a little. It seemed a bit simplified. I, I think here um, it-, it isn't. I mean, like there's a lot more, a lot more detail than um, than what you seem to get from the previous issue.
0: Yeah, and I think that was my biggest takeaway from this. You know, you already covered the incredible light and colour.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But given, having sort of you know, the bulk of this issue to dedicate to himself, I think it really shows off a lot of what was so good in the first issue of this arc was his facial expressions. Yeah. You know, being able to dedicate it, you know, five pages at a time, one after another. You can just pull all these panels and just focus on, like, Emmett's face or Jake Lockley's scared yes. face in the interrogation. And my probably favourite scene... With um, Crawley and Moon Knight, is it's just four vertical panels down the page, jumping and closing up before moving oh, to the yes. next page of the you know a big realization and the way that works with color, mm-hmm. just perfect. And an interesting it, Moon Knight suit. I think he's got a real distinct
1: look it with does. that. Does it, it's very kind of stylized. It um uh, it's it's not as say fearsome as. As your um, Houston um, or, or your David Finch um, Moon Knight, uh, it's a lot more um, stylized, which kind of goes with um, Frank V's art. Um, I agree with you, Connor. Yeah, that that those four panels with um, with Crawley really cool. Frank V's got a, a, a very um, recurring theme of um, focusing in on the eyes. So not only is it the face, but he really likes, I think, trying to tell a story through the eyes. And if you if you again look at um, like the first uh, few pages with Doctor Emmett as well. There's a uh, there's one on page like page six. It's a, a extreme close up of Emmett's eyes behind the glasses, and then an extreme close up of Jake Lockley's, Lockley's eyes. And it's actually testament to a really good artist that that can actually convey a lot of feeling in drawing, you know, the eyes. So um, yeah, great stuff. Great stuff from there. Um, uh, How about the other art, Connor? I'm just looking through Stephen Grant. Again, we have a nice crisp kind of look, right?
0: Yeah, Um, I I think this actually, I'll take us on to my second aspect from there, which um, is sort of, you know, the final breakdown of these realities is the worlds all blend together, you know, the art blends. Mm -hmm. And we'll see a sort of perfect setup of mood, tension, art, colour. Lemire's writing and the art. I think we see this all throughout the book the use of coloring especially Jordi Belair really stands out because as we jump to the uh, immediately the first page with Torres art is yeah. completely taken up with um blue and um yellow highlights and yeah. everything else is sort of dulled out
1: that would that would be um Michael Garland wouldn't it wouldn't it, mm, um, yeah. yeah
0: yeah cues really well
1: so yeah yeah very yeah exactly um Definitely there, right? On. I'm looking at the last panel of um, Stephen Grant as the light splashes on his face. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's um, it's really good. Uh, I'm just looking further up. I just wanted to go back a little to Frank Avisa. There's a a, a nice little splash of Moon Knight um, jumping across a yeah. full moon uh i uh he's his cape's torn there. I don't know what happened to him there yeah he, 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 uh, he seems to have torn his cape um it looks a little strange um only because his hood um makes his head look like an alien but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah no it's a nice it's a nice little that's a thing I think what Frank Vivia does it's almost classic like classic poses and classic um it just has a classic feel to it.
0: Um, yeah, um, actually, give a shout out to another book he did. Um, he did a run on Will Eisner's The Spirit recently called, ah, uh, called The Corpse Makers, and yeah, I think it's that total classic, you know, taking classic pulpy run like that. And yes, something incredible. It's entirely by him, written, drawn, oh, colored. Right. Definitely check it out. Actually, a lot of that similar, you know, blue and yellow light hues. Actually,
1: yeah, right. I was about to ask. Yeah, is it, it? Does he carry it on, or is that just um? So that's purely his style, which is good. Yeah. Um, and then I mean, uh, oh, I'm just again, if we if we still stick to the, just the blending, like the art kind of blending together. Um, so this story is all about is all about um. Uh, Mark Spectrum Moon Knight's consciousness um, jumping between personalities, which makes it a very, um, it's actually, as a reader, you can follow it. You, you know what's happening. <clears throat> like, you know that, um, but it just kind of spins you out a little because, uh, again, at a flick of a switch, um, as, as as we look at, um, I'm looking at Frank Avia's thing where he meets Midnight Man. And you turn the page and then all of a sudden you're on the film set and Stephen Grant's going cut, you know, and, and the, the art helps you, um, helps you make that overlap, um, in the fact that it's a totally different style. So, um, you're kind of removed from whatever that reality was before with Frank Avia. Uh, but the, the, the fact that it's overlapped that you have Midnight Man and Moon Knight standing, you know, about to fight each other, but they're now on a set is, um, oh it 's such a such a different thing that lemire does mm. um, uh, but it's great to see the art um uh how the art different artists portray it like Midnight man with Frank Villa is pretty much just a guy um, he looks a, a a little more realistic in the fact that he 's just got like a an eyeless mask on his on his face um whereas then if you cut to it, he's, he's uh he's got like a hood as well and he 's got a flowing mm. cape. Uh, and Moon Knight is, is a lot more kind of um, a bit more uh, stylish in this one as well. So uh yeah. It's um it's it's an interesting thing. Um, yeah,
0: um oh. Sorry, go on. Uh yeah, I was just about to get on to my favorite part mm-hmm. of this issue with the last six pages. Um, I suppose it is kind of amazing on Lamun's part the way he wrote this. It's kind of it's almost hard to talk about how well he's almost done it. Because you can just see on these pages. You flick through it. Yeah. You know, you can see that transition. Of
1: mm. My favourite
0: part is, as we see that bite on Stephen Grant, he yeah. runs into the next set to immediately walk through the doorway on the moon, yeah, looking at himself, and then the next pages are this absolute just wheelhouse of, like we've never seen before, just panel by panel by panel changing of realities. As, yeah. As, you know, it takes this entirely just one-on-one red and yellow hues, as you know, they're all three different versions of themselves in a very almost cinematic way, sort of scream back, know it, fighting, and then it's just cutting from Stephen Grant and Torres Art, Mike, yeah. uh, Mark Spector fighting wolves on the moon, and yeah. Frank fear on set, the moon, all yeah. culminating into a final six-panel six, six panel page where they all run for the door to find themselves on the, the, the completely jarring and entirely different coloured page of a Smallwood yeah. with exclamation yeah. mark back out at, at it again.
1: And, then, and there's just something, um, I don't know if you had that sense of, there's a, a sense of comfort <laughs> yeah. um, when you return to Smallwood's art, going, ah, oh. <laughs> we're, we're back at this like such a clean and such a beautiful um way of drawing um and you know we, we get it at the end with an exclamation mark for panel um for the panels but um yeah I found the tension that Lemire builds as you head towards that last page with a massive reveal and that was uh, one of my aspects actually um the big reveal at the end um one of the, the massive things because you know unless you're paying well if if you're paying a lot of attention to the credits, you know Greg Smallwood is credited, so you're kind of wondering where, mm. where's he going to jump in. But you do kind of forget it because there's so much happening, and then all of a sudden at the end, he's got the whole page, and and um, it kind of just it kind of rounds up things together. It doesn't explain everything, but it's you, you get a sense that um, the Moon Knight's heading towards. A resolution, or he's heading towards something now, like, you know, mm. and, uh, we're on the right track to get some answers. But I found, um, just in the lead up to that, as you were mentioning, Connor, just the second last page with the six panels, I found the tension building was really good because you have, you have all, well, you have Stephen Grant running, obviously, so scared of something, but you have, um, Mark Specter and Jake Lockley, um, in, in, in battle, um, against, different enemies, but you have them heading towards the door. So uh there is a tension that builds in there and I think that's a really um a really exciting thing. Like and, and it kicks off with as you say about six pages back, um, when Stephen Grant gets a bloodied neck. Didn't so when you read this kind of um so to me, Stephen Grant's neck just starts bleeding randomly, is that Yeah. The-
0: yeah. It doesn't uh, look like it's sort of been sustained, it just sort of
1: pops yeah. up. Yeah, because Marlene's got this look of horror on her face, and I think she's seeing some blood come out of his neck, and and this is that surreal bit that's so f- so cool because we know Mark Spector on the Moon got bitten, we remember that from the issue, and uh, and Stephen Grant's bearing the um, the wounds from it, uh, and and then as he stumbles out, we go into the magnificent Stokoe art. Um, so yeah, it, it's a really fun a fun ride. Um, one of my one of the other aspects i guess the the last one would be um i just questioned stephen grant's reality i was wondering what what is a re- i'm still questioning what is the real deal here you know um because everything seems to come back to to stephen grant being on set um so well at least at least um from the jake lockley perspective so when we started the issue um, Jake Lockley's in the interrogation room, but it all, all of a sudden cuts to being on a film set, and it seems that Jake Lockley's story is part of a film. Um, and then again, it happens when Moon Knight tracks down the Midnight Man, um, which we again assume is real again, but again, we're brought back to the set, um, with, with Stephen Grant. So, um, definitely Stephen Grant is, is kind of like an anchor, and, and I guess that kind of ties in with the end of the first arc, where, Mark Spector wakes up as Steven Grant, so we're meant to. Yeah. I think we're meant to see that as as the the home base, but all of that is turned upon its head um, on the last page. So yeah, uh,
0: I suppose that was sort of my biggest thing with reading it the first time and then reading it again. You're right. I I think you do just sort of assume from the end of the first arc that Stephen real Steven <laughs> Grant's reality is the real one. I think what this issue was so effective in, you know, tension and shock value is, you know, we've, no matter how many times we've shifted, we've almost felt safer in Grant's reality because, you know, there's mm-hmm. no immediate danger. There's Yeah, true. It's just unset And then when he starts bleeding and running, it's almost like, you know, you realise that your home's destroyed or that there never was a home.
1: Yeah. And it's just
0: a break of safety which leads into that... Tension-packed finale of Stephen Grant running through the realities until yep. he runs with the final two to the small with the Sandy Pyramid, which you know sort of brought me back to that was the real reality.
1: Yeah, and and you know if if we look at um the the last part of that first arc, that kind of insinuated to us that that reality was not a reality. Yeah. Um, because he jumps off the pyramid to get away from Conchu. Cause this whole, this whole, uh, Egyptian slash New York is a contract of, of, of Seth and, and or Conchu. And Mark, uh, exposes Conchu's, um, true intentions of trying to possess Mark. And then he just jumps and, and he disappears. So, having said that, when, when these guys come through the door and we're back in here, Maybe it's something that Crawley did say and has been saying to Mark or Jake all along um, how disappointed he was that Mark hasn't figured it out yet, <laughs> how he's kind of going back to his old ways. And this certainly is it, because he's back again to this Egyptian New York. Um, so, yeah, words of wisdom, I think, from Crawley.
0: Yeah, Saviour once again is the you know, time he saved him in that um, Iron Man issue. Yeah, yeah, and I think that final... Dot of the exclamation mark is a uh, very much sort of, you know, the culmination with the finale of the next issue of the we need to talk, you know. When mm. we finally got through, Mark finally knows what he's doing. Or oh, Mr. Knight here. Not even yeah. not even Mark, I think.
1: No, you're right. I think that's I think that's really yeah, that's true. I think maybe this mark or Mr. Knight that we see is finally a realization of what Crawley was all about uh, on about all along um you know selling his soul to try to get mark to to break this um this cycle um so well i guess we'll just have to see in the the last uh issue coming up yeah no it's it's a, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, a it's a mind bender my gosh it's it's actually it's quite it's quite difficult to <laughs> to describe um like putting it in words like you know we're discussing it now it, um and uh so look loonies i urge you if you do have the the issues with you um just just open them up while we go through this because it's um it's Lemire's writing is it's so he does bounce through so many ideas and it certainly captures it um uh in the artwork and stuff but but trying mm-hmm. to describe it now it you know if someone i don't know um had no idea about Moon Knight, it would be pretty difficult to follow um just through words but anyway that's it mate. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, um, shall we head off to the, oh, Cres- Art ratings, of course. Yeah, I mean, I- I've been thinking about it, it's such a, it's such a
0: weird issue to not only put into words, but also rate as almost this mm. culmination, but not quite the finale.
1: Yeah. I think...
0: <laughs> If if I if I'll, I'll chuck myself in the ring with the first. Yeah. One, I think I would. I think I would give it because I've been kind of going crazy with my <laughs> six out of fives. I think I, I I'd give this one actually kind of the five out of five. Just because this is what Lemire wanted to do with this issue. He fired on all cylinders with these artists and colorists. The letter mm-hmm. just did it. That that was it. He want. He has us where he wants us. And we want to be there with the next part. Yeah, and that's just kind of it's kind of perfect.
1: Yeah, I am. I um, I'd agree. Uh, I'd say probably, uh, probably a five. I, I really did enjoy it. I know these. I know, Luna, These are really high markings that Connor and I give to. <laughs> but it's hard. It's hard not to. Um, so relative to the previous issue, um, I think because we are kind of seeing a slight light at the end of the tunnel here. Um, uh, it um it's kind of bringing things together and i did like the action a lot um yeah i'll give it a 5 um i thought that was i thought it was pretty good um i did enjoy look i did enjoy Stoko's art uh, in the previous issue um quite a lot actually um which is why i kind of rated that one quite high i think i gave that one a 6 so i'll drop this down to a 5 it's still by mm. <laughs> by no means a terrible issue um, <laughs> but uh yeah it's uh, just, just great to see the whole cast of, of artists back again, um, yeah, drawing it,
0: so yeah, please join us again next week for this uh this final issue and then our next panel by panel issue of the next arc where 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 Lemire leaves us in the next issue, yeah.
1: I so wanted to um I so wanted to do a panel by panel for this one, it just, it just <laughs> It just lends itself to it because it's just so, like, just all that different artwork, it's so great to just, you know, pour over. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to leave it for the, for issue 10, um, the new arc. But, yeah, definitely go check this one out, Loonies.
0: For sure.
1: For sure. Um, all right, so we have a second review, which is a, um, you know, a an either a classic Moon Knight um, issue or, you know, one that has Moon Knight uh, as a guest star or a cameo, and we chose Heroes for Hire, uh, Volume Three, Issue One, titled "Are You for Hire?" Uh, so this was released 2nd of December 2010, and the writers uh, of the great writers are Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning, um, who did Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Big and fan was, of that cosmic era. Yeah, it was a great, great run. Uh, you have Brad Walker on pencils with Andrew Hennessy on inks. Uh, you have Joe Caramagna on lettering, and you have J. David Ramos on colours, and we have Bill Roseman as editor and Joe Casada as editor-in-chief. So, for this very uh, different uh, (laughs) issue, uh, for the bare bones, we have Misty Knight controls the operation to take down a narcotics ring involving a new Atlantean drug called Hook. She utters the words, Hello, hero. This is control. Are you for hire tonight? and her oper- operatives respond. The Falcon as the locator, and Black Widow as the muscle to stop a shipment. Also Moon Knight to hit the location of where the shipment was headed. Falcon and Black Widow make short work of the truck carrying the drugs, whilst less than an hour later, Moon Knight storms through the Shoal Imports warehouse and makes a grisly discovery. Not only does Moon Knight find a lab in the warehouse used to bioengineer a design-tailored version of Hook, but also that the test subjects are humans. The plot thickens as we cut to an Upper West Side apartment, home to Bernard Waterman, a biochemist and pharmaceutical engineer. He appears to have been dealing to both sides, distributing the Atlantean Hook to humans, then using addicted humans to create another drug for Atlanteans. Misty deploys Electra to deal with Waterman, and for all intents and purposes, Misty's operation is a success. The plot takes a twist, as we discover Misty isn't as in control as she thinks she is. Whereas she sees herself in mission control, where she actually is, is in fact under sedation and under the, under the control <laughs> of none other than the Puppet Master. So... That was I mean it was a it was a typical, I guess, first parter mm. in that it drops a lot of things for you and, and kinda sets up the scene. But uh yeah, Connor, first first impressions. What did you what did you think of this?
0: Yeah, this was this is real good. Um it's uh it's a this is a twelve issue run, um uh taken after the events of Shadowland, which I make mm-hmm. reference to on the issue you, the uh issue this week. Um so yeah, it's kind of like uh you know this is a, you know, that was a big event for the the ground-level heroes, and now they've sort of got this team up. And, you know, this, you know, it's a real sort of big cinematic action yeah. sort of show, you know, like, a, you know, like the Defenders on Netflix, the season that just passed, but then I suppose that, that final twist sort of was just a whole sort kind of what-the-heck scenario was just yeah. totally taken out. I know you'd referenced the Puppet puppet Master in our um, Looney Bin uh, group chat. You can nice. join on the group. Uh, but, yeah, no, I mean, that that final reveal just hit like a truck. I had no idea where we were going from here, and I'm very excited to check out the rest of this run.
1: Yeah, it was, um, yeah, right. It, it kind of came out of left field, uh, the puppet Master, um, and uh, it was good, um, and it raised a lot of questions as well. What you want for, for part one, um, to kind of get you enticed to read the subsequent issues. But, um, as you said, Connor, I thought this was, I thought this was really cool, really rollicking, uh, issue, uh, very cinematic in the fact that it was kind of like, um, a bit of, uh, Mission Impossible, a bit of, uh, Charlie's Angels, you know, and a bit of, um, just your, your 90s action flicks. Um, and so I thought it was great with, with Misty and her, her catchphrase of Hello Hero, this is Control. Are you for hire tonight? And it's kind of like a code, I know, for, you know, getting her operatives together. But, um, you have really nice art from Brad Walker as well. Uh, and you have them straight into action. Like you got, you got Falcon having a, uh, locating the semi trailer. Um, you have, um, Paladin. Um, in there as well, which you still, you kind of wonder as well, you know, what's his role? He's, a uh, he's sniping at, at Falcon. Oh, that's ha- who that
0: was. I didn't know yeah. who that was.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, he, he, uh, he's kind of like, a um, what is, he's yeah, like it's really into es- espionage as well. Uh, I, I always lump him with, um, Silver Sable and, ah, uh, Black Widow. Yeah. yeah he, he's kind of, kind of that ilk. But anyway, then you have Black Widow. She's coming in her convertible, Um, just driving up, you got the, the wind in the hair. Great, great, um, great art here to kind of set the tone. And you got the falcon flying with his falcons as well. Uh, and, and I think I mentioned to you, Connor, how it's, um, it's so great because, you know, obviously in comics, you have no budget, um, like in the movies that constrict you. So you have the semi trailer, you know, putting up a force field, you have explosions, car crashes. Um it's stuff that you find in the movie but uh it's just really fun to see here and then you have your faceless goons um coming out of the truck uh, to 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 fight. Um yeah, really good. And we haven't even seen Moon Knight yet, you know, so Yeah. <laughs> um so I was kind of glad that, uh, after this little scenario, this little opening, first act with Falcon and Black Widow, um, you have it ending with Misty saying again, hello hero, this is control. Are you for hire tonight? And then we shift to our, our boy Mooney doing his stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, he takes on, well, yeah, he's such a bad, badass. He takes on the whole warehouse himself. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it was, it was great. It was great. Yeah, I mean,
0: I, I was really happy with how much of a shine Moon Knight got in this first issue. Mm. You know, the cover, the cover has five five heroes on it, and then in the first pages we get two, three other heroes that aren't even on that first cover. So we know yeah. it's a big
1: cast, but we still get you know, it's like six pages
0: dedication uh, dedicated to Moon Knight uh, fighting in this warehouse.
1: Yeah, it's uh and, and he does make uh he does make light work of it as well and uh, yeah he does get a nice little run in here. It looks like he's got um so this is after Shadowland. It looks like he's got the um the uh Carbonadium, is that yeah, how you say it? Carbonadium the run? Vengeance the of the Moon Knight run? Vengeance yeah, from the Vengeance of the Moon Knight. So he's got more of that, um that armor happening. Uh looks looks pretty cool. He he chucks his crescent darts everywhere. Uh, he, he's nonplussed by all these villains. He just um keeps on doing his stuff. At, uh, Paladin is is again um just watching from a distance. Uh, and he makes this grisly discovery. Um, so one of the first aspects, well, I think the main aspect um pulls from this is it all revolves around the Atlantean drug hook. Um, so the idea with this is um it's an Atlantean drug. Um, that apparently is is quite addictive to humans. Um, so uh, one of the dealers, Bernard Waterman, um, has been bringing it and selling it on the street to to um to humans. But what he also does is a it's a nice little double back. Um, um, the humans secrete an enzyme after using it, um, and he can synthesize that uh, and turn that into another drug. And he actually sells it back to the Atlanteans who find it highly addictive. So this is the this is the kind of uh, exposition for for at least this this mission, um, uh, and it's uh, quite a grisly thing that, that Moon Knight finds uh, in the warehouse. So he sees a lot of test subjects, the human human subjects, um, in it.
0: Yeah, I mean, this this drug was an interesting plot point that almost gets pretty well wrapped up in this issue with you know um, Electra taking down our, our Atlantean drug dealer. Yes. With, you know the Puppet Master sort of being the big bad overall. But yeah, it was a. I, wonder, I don't think I think this was um Abnett and own creation of drug. It was it was yeah. pretty cool. It was kind of it was kind of you know, after Shadowland and you know that whole celebrating of street level. It's sort of a very street level drug to do. You know, yeah. There's always so many plot points of that drug. You know, turning people bad, and it was just sort of that that classic tale almost for a one and done. Arc that will be have a massive overarching, you know, with a bigger story happening around it in these twelve issues.
1: Yeah, it was a great little. Um, I think it was a nice little twist on the whole drug trope mm. of street level of, of uh, actually um, being able to make twice as money out of it, uh, and you know, and use uh, Atlanteans and humans. Um, so anyway, yeah, I mean, um, what did you have for your second aspect, Connor?
0: Yeah, this is
1: this will be pretty small. Cool. For this one.
0: I think mm. I, I think um, I just love, you know, going from Shadowland to this, it, it really just does sort of, you know, it celebrates the world of Street Heroes. This is a real sort of classic 90s action ease action tale where almost these guys got a bigger light than when they mm-hmm. were first introduced back in the 70s and 80s. So this this is sort of just real, just a, just a real sort of fun just action-packed take on that. You know, it's all about drugs, gangs, crime lords. You know, there's classic yeah. tales. And, I mean, taking from the cover and the cover of the next issue, the first opening with Falcon and Black Widow, they may not even be in the rest mm. of this run. It, it sort of seems very just sort of the Punisher, Ghost Rider, Iron Fist. It's yes. just, yeah. It. I mean, you know, like you said before, this is, this is your bread and butter. This is your favourite, and it's a big favourite of mine. I think it just gets it right. The big yes. cinematic tells it.
1: Yeah. I mean, and considering it's funny, I mean, like, there's still... It's, it's in... By no means, being such an action-packed thing, by no means there's no shortage of dialogue as well. I mean, Abnet yeah. and Lanning um, really do pack in uh, a lot of the story um, to try and give you as much information as possible, but at the same time, um, give you non-stop action. So, <laughs> you have um, uh, the Falcon and Black Widow, who I think you say as well... They may not even, I didn't expect them at all, seriously myself, because they're not on the cover, Um, just maybe one and done, just to kind of go in, do their stuff, go out. Um, You have Moon Knight, literally in his um, third of the book, he's just fighting the whole way, (laughs) fighting (laughs) the whole way, but at the same time, you know, you get an explanation about what's happening. So, um, yeah, Abnett and Lanning do a really good job here. I'm casting my mind back to a lot of the Guardians of the Galaxy as well. It was it was very um text heavy as well, but I think um with uh and that in a good way. I don't mean that in terrible in a terrible way. Um but I think with these um these uh characters that they get to play with, uh there's a lot more scope for just for just down down action. So um yeah, you get it all here like you you know, you see Moon Knight with his crescent darts, you see him being shot at, you know, onto his armour. Um, you see his glowing eyes and, and jumping on people's heads, and it's just really, uh, really non-stop. And it's <laughs> funny, that that last thing where you see Elektra um, tackle the uh, Atlantean guy, whose real name is Kurod or- Orman, and... <laughs> um, you don't even see her fight; like she just gets started, and then you, uh, you know, with a with a big splash page, and then that's it. But um, there's just so much action in this; it's uh, it's really fun to read. Uh, and for me, it, it it kind of flew by. I'm not sure about you, Connor, as well. But, yeah. Um, it, it was, the amount
0: of almost, yeah, it never feels like exposition just because it moves so fast.
1: Mm. Yeah, and then uh, I mean, uh, well. The other aspect I had was um was basically the reveal at the end. Um so many questions with this Connor, I don't know. Uh like for instance, okay, so Misty is you know is being drugged or she's you know she's unconscious in the control of the puppet master. So Black Widow, Falcon, Moon Knight, Elektra, did that really happen? Do you, do you, what are your thoughts or is that so. part I- of her I
0: I think you see in the back, Puppet Master's got all those lifelike puppets with his massive oversized gross head. Um, (laughs) um, It seems like almost connected to a puppet, the Puppet Master's controlling. Right. That is talking
1: to them. Okay, okay. Cuz yeah, I oh okay, cuz I I'm not too familiar with the puppet master. I Neither. <laughs> I, yeah, I am assuming he obviously controls people, but I don't know whether yeah, as you say there's a puppet of Misty um somewhere you you know that he's control. I don't know. It's uh it's a strange one and he's a bit freaky, isn't he? Like when you got those mm-hmm. uh paint on eyebrows, yeah, you kind of look a bit weird. <laughs> um what was a uh, you had an aspect there, Connor, as well.
0: Yes, the most important part and the reason mm-hmm. why this podcast exists, let's talk about Moon Knight here exactly. and the fact we talk about so much talking about it in the group. People just don't get Moon Knight right in teams. Just, don't, yeah, just not right. a lot of the time. But this, mm-hmm. it, I, I think it was perfect. You know, Moon Knight was real straight face. You know, he yeah. walks into a thing where children are basically being harvested and paralyzed and his response is just kind of... Yeah, I was speechless for a You know, it was real yeah, sort of yeah. that Moon Knight character. and I like, yeah. you know, he's not this big team player. He's working with them because it helps him out as well. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean...
1: And I, oh, yeah, sorry. You good? Oh, no, I was about to say, I think it really works as well, um, and I think it's really good of Abnett and Lanning to do it, is that although he's in a team book, he in this situation he's still pretty much a lone wolf, like he's a lone operative. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of the times when Moon Knight is not kind of right in team books is that when he's literally mixing with the other characters, it's really, I think it must be really hard for writers to write Moon Knight with other characters with him. It's it's almost as if the same kind of inclination of the comic characters themselves. They don't know how to, they don't know how to approach him or how to deal with him. Uh, And I think it's the same with, it must be the same with writers. But i Abnett and Landing do it really well here by having him go on his own little mission um, as part of the. That, that's how I see it. Yeah, and um, um,
0: I think I love that Abnett Lanning obviously are fans of this character because you know the first the first bit of this issue is you know um, Black Widow and Falcon taking out these goons and they they don't really say anything they just kind of get beat up but yeah they they really put emphasis on the fact that Moon Knight is scary you know he's he's mm. the one being shot up without a care and we see the goons react you know he speaks and says oh God and yeah you know actually scared like you know the yeah. original I, I wear white so they see me coming and they're so scared they couldn't even shoot the moon
1: yeah
0: and
1: That's I love so, oh, oh. no sorry it's so cool that 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 one where the guy's just going oh god and he's got this moonlight coming at him <laughs> I think it's really cool
0: and then just that final bit of um that uh, just, you know, I'll break your bones alphabetically, and <laughs> yeah. and we see a close-up of his eyes. I think, I, I mean, these two are obviously big fans of this character, and they're really, mm. this is probably probably one of the best places we see him in a team outside of Ellis's secret ending. Oh,
1: I'm gonna have to check that one oh, out.
0: Oh, you it haven't che- No, we totally gotta cover that. It's the, yeah.
1: It, it's I'll totally
0: just... like this, it's big, action cinematic, a bit like yeah. Street Level with Captain America and oh, some okay. other guys there on big missions, but Moon Knight, Moon Knight has a good character there. Oh, Alice, of course.
1: It's, yeah, it's fun to see him with uh, with with more you know more powered people as well. Um, but yeah, he um, geez, he's brutal in this as well, isn't he? Like that thing that you were saying with the guy, he jumps and he lands both feet on the guy's head, like he just and the guy's <laughs> head just crashes into the it's like purely violent. And then he tosses him like nothing into the wall. Uh, so the guy's upside down, uh, he's in the wall, and, uh, Moon Knight's just threatening him. Um, and it's a classic, uh, I, I know, I, I think that is a Finch thing. That little panel at the end, it's a hurt, hurt situation.
0: It's, yeah, totally.
1: Yeah, the glowing eyes, and then that little dip in the, in the, the front of the hood. Um, yeah, I think it's, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm very happy how they portrayed Moon Knight here, and, um, definitely good point, Connor. I think it's, um, they definitely will, must be fans, and, you know, um, keen to get him right, mm. so yeah, that uh, that was great. Um, look, we won't necessarily cover the other parts, but um, it's definitely worth checking out. Loonies, sure. um, all just on for, Marvel Unlimited, exactly. All on Marvel Unlimited. Just um, just search for Heroes for Hire, um, and it's. Um, Uh, Volume 3, so the one that was... uh, When did we say it was released uh, 2010? So just have a look around that, and um, you should find them. So um, Crescent Ratings, Crescent Dart Ratings, Connor, what did you give this?
0: Yeah, it was a fun setup action issue. Um, I I, I think I'm really in love with this sort of iteration of Moon Knight in this, but uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, like, it wasn't, like, totally... Blow my mind, sort of. Mm. But it was just like a lot of fun, and I think this whole twelve issues is sort of like will almost be a great street level cinematic flick. that could almost yeah. be ported like The Defenders to Netflix.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
0: think a uh, good four out of five Crescent Darts is in order for this one. I really did enjoy myself here.
1: Ah, four Yeah, I'd have to share that sentiment as well. Um, uh, look, as a as a comic book. Um, on the whole, it was it was really enjoyable, you know, it had enough characters there, and it was really well written by um, Amnett and Lanning, and actually, I, I do like Brad Walker's art, it's, it's pretty cool, yeah. um, uh, the colours were great, um, it wasn't too wordy, but there was there was a lot of um, text there, um, to keep it going, but by no means was that um, bad, uh, I'd have to give it, oh, oh, because I gave 3.75 for the stained glass scarlet last week. I'd have to. I'll I'd, 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 I'd give it a four as well. Yeah. I'll give it a four. Yeah, it's it, kind
0: of a tough issue to.
1: It is tough. T- t- and, and it's hard to put side by side to uh, the Munch and uh, Shinkovich issues, you know, because they're classics on their own and, and they're a different vibe altogether. Um, this is obviously more modern. Um, and, and since it's just action packed, um, it kind of ticks a the box there. Um, if only. The only. Room for improvement would be just more moonlight. Yeah. So, uh, other than that, yeah, I'd say four out of five. So, um, good stuff. Righty. Well, um, that, that, well, those are our reviews, um, for this episode, episode eight. Uh, next week. We will be looking at part four, the last part of Incarnations by Lemire, uh, volume eight, issue nine. So, be sure to have that at the ready, Loonies, if you want to uh, look look along uh, as we review it. Uh, also, we have something, Connor. You have your uh, <laughs> you have your wish here. This should be a Ripper, um, yes. Moon Knight, volume one, issue twenty-four. 10 issues have passed since we saw stained glass scarlet um and this is uh it's it's titled scarlet in moonlight so um, this is a return of stained glass scarlet in the munch run um so we reviewed issue 14 um and this is 24 so a lot's happened to moonlight uh between then but um it's also turned stained glass scarlet a bit a bit more loopy, <laughs> um, yeah. So join us for those two. Yeah, uh, finally, next week. get to
0: rave about uh, Sinkovich's art here, which goes to a whole other level.
1: Yeah, I can't wait to can't wait to get into that. Um, it should be good. Um, as for where you can find us, as usual, Loonies. Um, look, we're on email, uh, podcast at gmail.com. Um, check us out on our website, IntoTheNightPodcast dot uh, We're on Facebook. Um, uh, just just look for into the into the night with a K um, uh, I'm sure you'll find us. We we both have a page and a group. Our group, um, facebook.com Facebook dot slash group slash into the night uh, is where we, we chat with a lot of our um, our dedicated uh, Looney loony fans, like we're we're Loonies as well. Uh, not our fans, Moon Knight's fans. <laughs> um, and on Twitter as well, ITK Moon um, we're also on Instagram, Tumblr, YouTube. You know, Connor as well, Instagram is a um Kind of glad we're on that. It's a, it's a, it's rollicking. We're, yeah, it's we're a hotspot. It's great. Yeah. I think we're up to like 76 followers already, which is, you know, it's still early days, but, um, every day I check it and, and there's a whole heap, um, of, of likes and follows. So appreciate that. Um, and please, uh, check out this podcast if you haven't already. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know how that works because you'd be listening, to, you'd be listening to this, <laughs> um, to hear that. So, um, yep. Uh, also, we're on all good podcast catches, so uh, whatever your podcast poison is, um, just search for us, and I'm sure we'll be there. Uh, so, Connor, that's another another issue, another not issue, another <laughs> episode in the bag.
0: Yeah, thank you guys for coming along. It's almost like the it's interesting episode. It's almost like the heroes heroes for hires episode of this podcast. You know, we've always got plenty of moonlight talk, but we've got, a, we've got a bit of some extras there.
1: Yeah, I mean we ventured out. I mean some of those uh issues that we will review will be only like Moon Knight cameos. So it is good to kind of, you know, poke our heads out and see what else is out there, but um uh rest assured we will be focusing um on Moon Knight. <laughs> so uh, yeah, anything it will it will be related to Moon Knight in some capacity. So don't you worry. <laughs> Um, Okay, well, uh, without further ado, I guess I'll say uh, catch you next time, and may Conchu watch over the denizens of the night. Thanks, guys. Bye. See ya. Moon Knight and affiliated characters, stories, and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.